0: Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free
1: adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a four ninety nine dollars value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands, like Sealy Queen Mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepy's at $199.99. In stock for fast delivery, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.
0: The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show
3: And welcome back one and all. This is the x I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, x at x on all social media sites, x Radio TV. And for all the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the x Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Zone TV channel on Simultv, visit simultv.com. And in the search engine at the top of the page, just type in Exxon. My guest this hour, Zone Nation, is Dr. Diane Pomerantz. And uh, she is a best-selling author, speaker, pet expert, and grief counselor. Dr. Diane received her Ph.D. in Mass, commun- mass Media Communications from the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. She received her M.A. in Theater and B.A. in History and Speech with a Secondary Teaching Certification. She has also been certified as a Grief Recovery Specialist by the internationally recognized Grief Recovery Institute. Dr. Pomerantz counsels those grieving from any loss. However, she has a special interest in helping those mourning the loss of a beloved animal companion. The loss of a pet can be devastating to adults and children alike. Joining me now is Dr. Diane Pomeranz. And Dr. Diane, welcome back to the Zone.
1: Thank you so much, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here.
3: Um, You are one very busy person. And what have you been up to since you and I last uh, chatted, oh, I guess about three or four years ago?
1: Yes, no good. Absolutely no good. Uh, actually, I have... Uh, been so blessed and privileged to work as a grief counselor. Mm -hmm. And um, I have written a best-selling book called Catherine, A Woman, of Vision. Uh, Catherine was my mentor, and I met her in Los Angeles uh, in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And uh, aside from all that, I've been lecturing and uh, have uh, a special methodology in terms of grief recovery, which ties in beautifully with with what Catherine taught, which was that there is no
3: death. As a grief counselor, when it comes to little companions, or as my wife calls them, our little fur babies, yep. do, real, do people really understand that the loss of a pet is just as significant and mind-boggling as the loss of a human?
1: It is. And uh, people who love animals mm-hmm. recognize that instantly. They know that they're cat, dog, uh, horse, whatever, is a family member right. and a dearly beloved family member who is mm-hmm. nonjudgmental and unconditionally loving. And so those that have um, beloved animal companions in their life really respect and understand that. For other people, people regard pets as uh, chattel or property and don't really understand the significance of the loss of such one.
3: Yeah, um, one of my... One of my contracts that I did through our company, Realmar, was that of the Director of Communications for the SBCA. And ah. I, w- I will tell you something that the work that the people do, the volunteers do at the SBCA, when it comes to people who have lost um, a, a, an animal companion because they don't know where else to go. And thank goodness for the people at the SBCA who are able to help them either do some counseling themselves or refer them to the right person and uh you know it's 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 a loss and these losses that many people who um who are animal lovers and who like Laura and I you know th- our little fur babies are part of our family and exactly. I, it's I I I find it very hard to even think of a day when we're going to lose You know, all three, any one of the three. So what we do is we make each and every day that they're with us as special as we can.
1: Yep, yep, yep. It's quality of life. And, uh, you know, I personally have rescued over 48 dogs. And I have a book called Our Rescue Dog Family Album, Mm -hmm. which profiles um, the backstory of each of the dogs that I've adopted. And uh, some have been hoarded, but they've all been traumatized in one way or another or abused. Yeah. And each has such a profound gift, such, so many profound lessons that they teach us. And I view them as angels. And, uh, of course, we all know the yep. phrase, uh, the idea that dogs um, spell dogs backwards as God. Right. And, indeed, they are unconditionally loving and loyal and uh, nonjudgmental, which for so many people is the lifeline. Um, to a greater being, a greater presence in their lives. So, yeah, I started the pet grief counseling program for the SPCA of Texas over 20 years ago. My now. goodness! And yeah, it, it's amazing. And we have we talk to people from all over the world, mm-hmm. from New Zealand to South Africa, uh, Europe, etc. And uh, ours is a one of a kind one of a kind program, and we offer free uh, to the public counseling. Uh, we're all um, grief counselors that mm-hmm. are volunteers, basically, and have recognized the need to help others. Uh, for so many people, it's an issue of embarrassment or shame to to talk about the loss of a pet. It's only the loss of a dog or a cat. Yeah. But, uh, again, these are family members for mm-hmm. so many. And uh, I work a lot with the elderly population over the past couple of years as a grief counselor, and, of course, as you age, grief is a major issue. And uh, grief incorporates so many different kinds of grief, whether you've lost, you have physical loss, emotional loss, um, loss of a husband, a spouse, mm-hmm. or a wife, uh, loss of a child, loss of a sibling, financial loss, professional loss, etc. And when you're diagnosed with a disease, whether it's Parkinson's or diabetes or what heart disease, again, you're um, exposed to a major loss, and there's a huge void in your life, and you have to adjust to that. And so grief is grief is grief. And uh, for so many people that are divorced or widowed mm-hmm. um, or simply single, this pet is the reason they wake up in the morning because, again, they, they have the need to nurture, to caregive and the pet repays it a
3: thousandfold. You know, we were speaking about animal abuse a few minutes ago. If I'm not mistaken, President Trump just uh, signed into law that animal abuse or animal cruelty is now a felony.
1: Yes, and uh, that's a very positive step. It is. So we're, we're optimistic.
3: Excellent. Uh, Diane, for our listeners who may not know anything about Catherine Hayward, can you tell us a little bit about her?
1: Absolutely. Um, I moved to Los Angeles from New York um, in uh, 1972, 1973. Mm -hmm. And not long after I moved to Los Angeles, I met Catherine Hayward through a dear friend of mine from college. And my friend Michelle said, you know, one day she was um, talking about the remarkable people in her life. And she said, you know, you really must meet my mentor, Catherine Hayward. And she told me all about Catherine, and Catherine had been born in um, Wales in 1899. And uh, she lived in rural Wales. and um, long story short, she had an out-of-the-body experience at the age of seven hmm. in Wales, was pronounced dead from um, uh, pleurisy and uh, um, heart problems, etc, and uh, she was pronounced dead by her physician. She remembered talking to angelic beings. Um, She didn't know exactly what they were, but she knew they were pure love and very, very kind. And these angelic beings encouraged Catherine to go back into the body. And so Catherine accommodated them. She had heard her mother cry out, and she went back into the body. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, um, after several days of recovery and uh, hysteria and Uh, just recovering from this horrible, horrible illness, um, Catherine began to speak in a full, mature adult voice at the age of seven, and she knew past, present, and future. So her life had changed fundamentally forever, and uh, Catherine, from that point on, was psychic, and of course, at that time, the witchcraft laws were in operation in England, and no one talked about such things. And uh, Catherine's family was Wesleyan, um, and, you know, it was forbidden, and uh, no one could explain why she knew the things that she knew. But she did, and uh, anyway, she grew up, um, was unable to go to school. She was always very delicate, Mm -hmm. and actually that turned out to be a great gift because she was a clean slate, as it were, for her spirit guides. And she came into contact with them at the age of 20. All right, Diane, we're going to have to take a
3: bit of a cliffhanger here. Sure. I have to take my break. ExoNation, our guest this hour, is Dr. Diane Pomerance. And if you'd like to find out more about uh, Dr. Diane, visit her website at That's drdianepomerance.com. That's dot com. This is the x I am Rob McConnell, and uh, the good doctor and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the x from our broadcast center and studios on Canada's south coast in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. And welcome back. Dr. Diane Pomerance is our special guest this hour. She's a best-selling author, speaker, pet expert, and grief counselor. Now, Dr. Pomerance is the author of nine books, uh, seven of which are nonfiction about animals and their purposefulness and significance. The Animal Companion series provides information about all facets of the human-pet bond, including the loss of beloved pets, caring for our aging pets, animal companions as our friends, teachers, guides, and family members, the interconnectedness and interdependence of all living creatures, adopting the perfect pet for you, the healing and other gifts they bring to you. Her most uh, recent uh, book about animals is Our Rescue Dog Family Album. It chronicles the stories of many abused dogs she has rescued and adopted, 48 during the past three decades. Once again, her website is dr com. Diane, how has uh, Diane, uh, I'm sorry, how has Catherine Hayward affected your life?
1: She's transformed it. Uh, essentially, she was a source of wisdom, mm-hmm. um, great humor, uh, vision, and uh, peacemaker. And I was so blessed to have met her. Uh, I was 29 and she was about six. 79 when I met her. And uh, as I said before, I met her through a college friend of mine who had been through uh, just terrible, terrible uh, traumas and life situations. Right. And my friend Michelle introduced me to Catherine. And when I met Catherine, um, Catherine gave informal meetings, public meetings at her Mm -hmm. home in West Hollywood, California. She had a little Agatha Christie type bungalow with chintz and English arts and crafts everywhere, and vases filled with wow. flowers. And yeah, she had uh, an open meeting, and through word of mouth, uh, Angela Lansbury and her mother uh, were among the admirers of Catherine and supporting her work, etc., um, as was Diana Ross and uh, oh just many, Richard Chamberlain. Many, many celebrities supported Catherine. Uh, And Catherine had retired from England to uh, California and uh, did a lot of speaking engagements and so forth. But when I met her, Catherine uh, just talked inspirationally, no script, no anything other than uh, this deeply um, uh, charismatic uh, manner and and radiance and charm and wit and that beautiful British accent and... Hmm. uh, Catherine said things like, there is no death. You couldn't die if you wanted to. The real you is neither the mind nor the body, but it's the power that motivates the mind and the body. And uh, it was really odd because I hadn't given serious thought to any of those issues, although I was very spiritually oriented and had read a book called The Autobiography of a Yogi Mm -hmm. by Paramahansa Yogananda, and that was a real turning point for me at the age of about 14 14 and a half, Uh, and anyway, when Catherine said these things, it's as though I had a checklist, and I checked off each of the subjects saying, yeah, I know that, I know that, I don't know how I know that, but I know that. And Catherine went on to say um, she believed in reincarnation and that we didn't just come into this lifetime once, but rather many, many times, and that our ultimate goal was to become as the great saints Ages, masters, and teachers of all time had become, whether it be Jesus or Buddha or Mohammed or whatever, and uh, she taught that that was our ultimate purpose and goal for living life on Earth. Now, and uh,
3: yeah, if if we humans come back reincarnated, do animals come back as well?
1: They can. Yeah, it, it just really depends on the intensity of the relationship you have with the animal. Um, you know, there are many animal communicators out mm-hmm. there, and they will tell you that an animal will, by choice, uh, come back as your next dog or cat or whatever for many, many reasons. Um, but it's, it's uh, just something that's intensely personal, and it does depend on the quality, the caliber of that relationship. And you know how some people just adore their animals and are never without them. Yeah, you're talking and to
3: one go, of them right now.
1: Oh, yay, Rob. Good <laughs> for you. You know, me too. I, I love my dogs, and uh, I love every animal. Yeah. But they're so purposeful to me. They yeah. teach me so many profound life lessons. And, uh, you know, they're a gift. And I, I really do feel sad for people that do not have the rich relationship. That one can have with a pet, yeah. uh, and a pet is, you know, not only non-judgmental but unconditionally loving. That's right. And yeah, and and so empathetic. I mean, I have dogs that are assisted living um, therapy animals, mm-hmm. and we go into the hospitals and we work with hospice patients, we work with the elderly, and um, many Alzheimer's who are more on the other side than they are on this side, and these animals somehow under they don't have verbal communication but they definitely have that mental communication that empathy that esp whatever you want to call it but they do have it and they cut right to the chase that's right and they do not see they do not see the wheelchairs um my dogs are specially trained but they have to come in that way they have to be accepting and loving and uh of course um uh, respectful of, of other people and other dogs or cats or whatever it might be, but they are certified. They're, there's an organization called Pet Partners out of Washington State in the U.S., and uh, they have a certification program where these dogs undergo a series, a series of exams in order to pass, uh, to pass uh, and become certified animal assistant therapy, dogs, cats, bunnies, Uh, We have pot pigs. We have Mm -hmm. just a gamut of animals that serve in this context.
3: Now, we were talking, I asked you about animals being reincarnated, our pets. And how is it different between a human reincarnation, now that we know that there's, there's factors that are involved in the reincarnation of a pet? Do humans automatically become reincarnated how does that work diane
1: it's really a decision at the end of life mm-hmm. uh when you've passed from this plane of existence to the next i think you have a period of relaxation which sounds pretty good yeah and and <laughs> and a time to put things in perspective and to review your life and when you're reviewing your life you mm-hmm. have an opportunity um to talk with with Uh, the great elders or whatever you might want to call them, um, but great teachers and uh, wise teachers and um, discuss with them uh, the possibilities of returning either to life on Earth or life on some other planet.
0: At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options, Time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family.
1: in some form or format, and uh, it's your decision, ultimately, um, in terms of choosing the earth plane to revisit or not.
3: So why is it then, Diane, if life continues, and as Catherine Hayward said, there is no death, why is it such a taboo subject in the largest parts of society?
1: Well, you know, it is and it isn't. It depends on which society you're discussing. Mm -hmm. Many, many societies embrace death. And, you know, just uh, in our culture, um, and I'm not really all that familiar with Canadian culture as I am American culture, but... um, we tend to really dislike talking about death. Same here. And uh, it, it's just not a, a happy, pretty topic for so many of us. Yeah. And that's fear-based, and it's really ignorant. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started studying spiritually, as mm-hmm. I have through my whole life, to figure out why, you know, why would something bad happen at the end of our lives and, and result in death or this void, and it made no sense to me. So when I read Autobiography of Yogi, which also um, proposes and accepts reincarnation, uh, and meeting Catherine, and she talked about reincarnation and that it didn't make any sense for us to um, be a paraplegic or a quadriplegic or to come in with you know babies with AIDS, etc. Right. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. And for some of us to come in as children and be prodigies, whether it be Beethoven or whoever, you know, and, and just know um, music and, and to be able to display that gift. Mm-hmm. It's the result of many lifetimes of work. And um, throughout each successive lifetime, we build on different skills and lessons that we need to learn. And so if we've been hateful and we've been, you know, an eye for an eye, etc., that's going to reflect in what is called karma, you know, the um, cause and effect. That as you sow you reap. So. Uh,
3: I I I understand the the principles behind it, but something that has always confused me about the karmic experience, the the reincarnation, the learning is that with all the learning that is going on based on the number of people who have come and gone from this plane, how come we can st- how come we're still a war driven world war-driven society you'd think that Great if questions. you know and yeah. i'm going to go, i'm going to give you a little bit of time to think of that because i've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour and exonation okay. our guest this hour is dr diane pomerantz she is a best-selling author she is a speaker pet expert and a grief counselor her website is Drp diane dot com and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news As we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Dr. Diane Pomerance is our guest this hour. She's a best selling author, speaker, pet expert, and grief counselor. And her website is com. And there's only one N in Diane. It's D I A N E P O M E R A N C E.com. Before we went to the break, I asked you a question about, you know, basically if we've been reincarnated so many times and if we take the number of people who have come and gone off the face of the earth and taking us you know even a 50 percent ratio of those who you decide to get reincarnated how come we still haven't learned how to love and live with each other
1: And, of course, one that befuddles so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, I view it, and Catherine viewed it, as we are all here to evolve spiritually. That is our mission. That is our purpose. That is our goal. And it's as though we're all in in a one-room schoolhouse, like in the olden days. And we are all at different grade levels. Some of us are in preschool. Some of us yeah. in, are in kindergarten. Some of us is in high school, master's, Ph.D., and beyond. And so the great teachers like Mother Teresa and Mahatma Gandhi and so forth are beyond, you know, uh, life on earth. They have achieved mm-hmm. all that they needed to achieve, and they have lived in love, and they've preached love, like Buddha, etc. So they have attained that level of enlightenment, shall we say, And they no longer need to come back to Earth to learn those lessons. But we're here to learn the lesson of love and acceptance and gratitude. And um, that is something that each of us uh, confronts each and every day of our lives. Is it an eye for an eye? Is it, you know, sword to sword? Or is it um, with love and grace and acceptance that we deal with the situations that we are presented with by life? Okay, and so we are here. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Uh, okay, I I can understand that. But Good. <laughs> would it not would it not be easier with all the experiences that have been accumulated ever since the beginning of time on this planet and other planets and other dimensions and other planes, other realities that instead of putting ourselves through the the trials and the tribulations of of life, you know, the love, the losses, the grieving, the happiness, would it not be, especially since we're spirits, would it not be advantageous for there to be a better way to learn instead of having to spend time after time after time after time reincarnating, do- going through the same process? Well,
1: again, the concept of time. What do we really know of time? With Einstein and all mm-hmm. the previous scientists and researchers, what do we really understand? We didn't even understand what light was, and light speed, and the speed of sound until recently in our history. Uh, I, okay. So, all...
3: mm-hmm. uh, once again, I I agree with you, but well, good. But looking at the, but looking at it realistically, you know I. Five, ten years from now, even maybe tomorrow, a scientist will prove Einstein was wrong and all his formulas go out the window and then science is in a quandary and they won't know what the heck to do. But putting that aside, if we are spirits and if there is a greater tomorrow, if there is a greater plan, how come since the beginning of time, and uh, whether time is instantaneous, whether time stands still, whatever, how come we haven't got it right yet?
1: Well, I think we're well on our way. And I think this particular mm-hmm. juncture of the Earth's history, we are evolving and we are now entering into humanity's adolescence. And thus we're seeing the crumbling of all these institutions, whether they be religious institutions, i.e. the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. um, and, and on and on in the evangelical um movement and all of that we're seeing that and we're seeing the crumbling of um economic institutions um we're seeing the crumbling of um so much that we held dear and regarded as sacred including monuments we're talking about mon- physical monuments and historical monuments etc that are now crumbling all over the world but we're it but isn't a,
3: but isn't a monument simply um uh, physical representation so that people can remember the good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: Yes, but again, it's all relative. We don't really know in the scheme of things mm-hmm. um, how time itself is meaningful. And there can be, you know, time as we think of it, as mm-hmm. we measure it, is not necessarily the way time works.
3: Oh, I, and yeah. um, you're, so, you're, yeah. so, you're so right, but taking the other side of the story... What happens if spiritualism isn't really what people are telling us it is? What happens that if spiritualism, the spirituality, the reincarnation, and, and everything that we've been talking about for the first half hour of this interview is fiction?
1: And if it were fiction, mm-hmm. we wouldn't know. Who are we with our limited yeah. perceptions? To understand what fiction, the difference between fact and fiction, as you say, in terms of your show. Yes. We don't know. No. And and we're no judge of what is fact or fiction. We're humble beings living on a planet. We're given lesson after lesson after lesson, and I think that's another aspect of that one-room schoolhouse, where you do not graduate from elementary school. Um, without passing all your tests and all, going through all the grades, there are no skipped grades.
3: I, I, and once again, I, I agree with you, and I understand where you're getting. But if we're talking about, you know, the crumbling of religious institutions, the crumbling of financial institutions, if we are progressing based on the belief of spirituality, what happens if spirituality itself? is the cause of the crumbling because it is an adverse force to what people believe.
1: Well, again, what's adverse to you is not necessarily adverse to our soul's journey. And so we, in our minds, may interpret something as um, real or not real, Mm -hmm. but it's, again, our soul's journey. And if you accept the tenets of the major religions, the little kernels of truth, that underlie all the nonsense and ritual and propaganda, etc. But well, what's, what's wrong with ritual? What's wrong with religion? It's not about religion.
3: You know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. I take communion. Well, you're a good boy. Uh, you know, I, my children are <laughs> baptized. My grandchildren are baptized. We celebrate Christmas, Easter, Palm Sunday. You know, so what's wrong with that?
1: Nothing's wrong with that. Absolutely nothing's wrong with that.
3: That is our perception of spirituality. That is our perception of the soul. Well, you're
1: confusing ritual with spirituality. And spirit comes from the heart and soul. And I think, you know, in in terms of Buddha, it's Mm -hmm. love, compassion, kindness that are the real aspects of religion, to live with respect for all forms of life. And I think that's ultimately what we're here to discover. And through our wars and mayhem and whatever we're enduring at the present time, and this is the crumbling of so many systems of government. Look at England with Brexit and uh, uh, you know us and and uh, the whole Trump era, etc. We're really experiencing. I don't know. I don't. Crumbling.
3: I, I can't see how you say it's crumbling. I see a stronger economy. I see less unemployment. I see, I see. I see. No, no. Hold economy. on here. Hold Ultimately. on here. Hold on here. Hold on here. Hold on here. As far as Brexit, <laughs> England is getting back to where it was. That's not crumbling. That's standing up and saying, "Hey." Do we, hey, re- do we
1: I really don't know? know that it's getting back to where it was? Do Will we it really? Do we? It was?
3: Do we really know that it's crumbling?
1: Well, it is in terms of what it's been, of its history, of its past
3: in order sure it is. in order to get better
1: the royal family is crumbling
3: I don't see it Diane you and I are looking at the same thing in two different lights you know I I see the strength of the British people saying enough of the European Union we don't need it we got away with we got along with it for so long why shouldn't we stand back up on our own two feet hey, listen, no, I, the, royal yeah. compa- the, royal, the royal family isn't the first royal family to have problems, and they've circumvented all the problems, and it's made them stronger.
1: And ultimately what I'm saying is mm-hmm. all of these episodes that are taking place in our time, whether they seem to be uh, fracturing yeah. and falling apart, it's cause for us to reassess, to reexamine our values, And what are our core values? And if to live in a world of love and respect and humanity and humaneness, Mm -hmm. we're evolving in that direction. And that's what's happening through the crumbling of these so-called institutions. That's what's happening. And as we evolve, we're seeing things with a different perspective. That's what I'm saying. And with this different Mm -hmm. perspective, we're seeing that we really need to, we are one planet, one people. And all this divisiveness, you know, we're, we're as, I, as you mentioned about my books about animals, etc. Mm-hmm. that we're all interdependent and interconnected. And you cannot hurt another without hurting yourself. And that's a basic core belief of mine. It really is that you're here to respect and love all living creatures not to decimate the planet and, and uh, do uh, what we have done, so much injury to our planet and our animals, so many on the verge of extinction, etc. We're here to evolve and get beyond this.
3: All right, stand by. Like the I've, I've got to evolve to my next commercial break, so stand by. And Exo Nation <laughs> will be back on the other side as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Whatever you do. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Hmm. All right, here's a little bit of a riddle for you, ExoNation. How many people does it take to produce a radio show? It takes two. Craig and Master Control. Actually, it takes three. It takes three. You've got Craig and Master Control. You've got me over here. And tonight we have a very, very patient guest who was with us during a little bit of a hiccup we had. And, uh, well, as you know, ExoNation, I'm talking to Dr. Diane Pomerance this hour. And, uh, first of all, Diane, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for your patience during the last commercial break.
1: Rob, my pleasure. What you're doing is wonderful
3: and and i applaud your efforts i really do as as somebody who has been in the media yourself you know you produce right direct forever you, you know forever. how do you see the media of today when it comes to the work that you are doing the the mission that Catherine hayward was on how how do you see the the media is it an asset or is it a hindrance
1: an asset, and it can be much more of an asset if we're a little more disciplined in what we project. What should and we do? I think we re- Pardon? What should we do? We should be disciplined. We should have integrity. We mm-hmm. should have honor and disseminate information that is factual as to the best of our abilities. Uh, we should care for one another, respect right. one another, and so forth.
3: I agree with you 100%. I am so tired of the left and the right within the media. I am so tired of the philosophy of, if it don't bleed, it don't lead. I am so tired of the, of the hatred that is being disseminated on social media exactly. channels and platforms.
1: Exactly. It needs to be love that's disseminated.
3: You know what? It
1: I, needs to be the truth that needs to be disseminated. Well,
3: if you have love, you have the truth. Because if yeah, there you, you love, go. there if, you
1: go. Exactly. Yeah.
3: You, because if you love something
1: And let's do that. Hey, let's I'm, do that.
3: I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You know, I am an old guy that that was <laughs> was around in the 60s and it no, was Oh
1: no, not the 60s.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, it's <laughs> it's well, I'll tell you a little bit of a spin-off here. My wife, Laura, who together we have six children, 12 grandchildren, and our three little Woodstock. fur babies.
1: Brad. Wonderful.
3: She hitchhiked to um, Woodstock. She was at Woodstock.
1: She knew the way.
3: She did. She did. She did, yeah.
1: absolutely.
3: And after Woodstock, she hitchhiked. Now, she's 14 at the time, ran away from home, hitchhiked. hitchhiked. God bless
1: her. I like her already.
3: <laughs> hitchhiked to California to where her grandparents lived. And they took her to San Francisco, you know, Haight-Ashbury.
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember. Well, I was at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Man. We had strikes and protests. Every it was like Berkeley.
3: But see, and what what was going on back there, as as I see it, Diane, is the hippies'
1: revolution.
3: That's right, revolution.
1: They, that's what we're going through yeah. now. Very similar growth pains.
3: Growth pains is is an understatement because what the hippies were doing is they were saying, "Make love, not war." War,
1: absolutely.
3: You know, and the Beatles, "All you need is love." Oh,
1: I. Know those were the days
3: (laughs) how come we didn't listen how come we didn't learn
1: we are listening and there are many of us who are listening and there are many of us who are acting upon that philosophy and the Beatles have left a giant legacy God only knows and and we you know again we're all at different grade levels right and those of us that comprehend you know, what the Beatles were espousing and uh-huh. all these other, you know, Don McLean, bye-bye, Miss American Pie, oh, et etc. Yeah. Et you know, we understood and we're still grappling with all of that and trying to make change, and we are creating change. That's why Brexit, that's why the U.S., that's why democracies and, and uh, Hong Kong and everything that's going on in the world today is taking place. We are after the truth. And this is another uh, facet of that search for the truth.
3: You know, uh, you and I talk about animals. Yes, we do. We love them. And when, yes, I look at, when I look at some of these artist renditions of the animal kingdom, they always have humans at the top. And I have always thought that that is so no, wrong. No, 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 that no. That is so wrong. We they should be at the inter- bottom. they are
1: interconnected and interdependent. And no. We are not superior. That all came about with the dominion over animals. Yeah. No, dominion means guardianship, stewardship. Yep. We are not better than, and we love to be arrogant and, and hold ourselves superior.
3: And I think we are not. And I think that this is where the message that you're getting across is becoming very clear, is that, yep. number one, get rid of the arrogance. Number two... Get rid of any divisions. Number three, get rid of the different gods that are That's out right. there, including one
1: people. One planet. Exactly. God, the creative yep. force. Period. End of conversation.
3: I I believe in tomorrow. I believe that we do have the ability, and so do
1: I,
2: and that and so we will do I. get
3: together and. There's nothing wrong with holding hands and singing Kumbaya. I think it's a great thing to do.
1: I love Kumbaya. One of my favorites.
3: <laughs> so what are you going to be doing in the future, Diane? You're, you're such a busy lady. So many books.
1: Uh, you know, Rob, just what you're going to be doing, spreading the word that we are to live in love mm-hmm. and respect for one another and our planet and all creatures on Mother Earth. That's what we're here to do. That's the bottom line of ultimate fulfillment, you know, fulfillment and happiness.
3: A couple of weeks ago, I had the, uh, the founders of Four Oceans on the show. Here you've got these two guys who saw the, the, the pollution of the ocean, and they decided to yep. do something about it. Yep. And from this idea, these two people have turned it into an international organization, making yes, a Rob, difference. and Rob,
1: you've helped. You've helped. Just like you're helping me disseminate my message, and I'm helping you disseminate yours. Well, don't we help each That's other? That's what we're here for.
3: Yeah, I agree. Wow. Where can our listeners get copies of your books, my dear?
1: Amazon, certainly, and uh, barnesandnoble.com, et etc. et cetera. It's on Kindle. It's all over the place. It's all over the world. It's translated into many different mag- uh, languages.
3: If you were teaching a mass media class to a bunch of green (laughs) students who want to sink their teeth and become media magnets, what words of advice would you have for them?
1: Love, wisdom, compassion, care. Care for one another. Care about Mm -hmm. the information that you're disseminating. Make sure it's got integrity and honor.
3: Information is power.
1: Yes, indeed.
3: Information is power. Yep. Over the years that you've been in the industry, did you ever think that it would be so powerful? that er, all this information that is being broadcast to us, either by radio, television, newspaper, the Internet, Wi-Fi, cell phones, did you ever think that, that all this information would be accessible the way it is?
1: I don't think so. But I knew that uh, as far as radio and television, film mm-hmm. especially, was a propaganda medium. You could, throughout World War I and uh, yeah. the other wars that we've been involved in, mm-hmm. that you could convey a message of peace and to stop the war and to, you know, yearn for love and peace and a planet of peace. Um, so I think I didn't know all the various aspects that would arise in terms of communication channels, but I knew that film was very powerful and that sitting in a darkened auditorium, And watching the large screen with figures larger than life were profoundly affecting and um, emotional and were great examples of what we could be, what we could aspire to be.
3: Diane, you and I have to say so long for tonight. I do want to thank you so much for joining us. And once again, let our listeners know what your website is.
1: It's com.
3: Diane, this song that we're taking out is just for you. It's by Josh Groban. It's called Let There Be Peace on Earth. I'll be back on the oh, other I side of this that break. Oh, song. Don't go that away.
2: was Catherine's song.
3: Let there be peace
2: on earth Let it begin with me Let it begin with me
3: All right, Exxon Nation, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, visit Dr. Pomerantz's website at drdianepomerantz.com. Don't go away. Enjoy the rest of the song.
2: Let this be my song.